Where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler filled free for all. You've been warned. Today we're talking about the 2019 movie Hustlers, which is directed by Lorreen Scarfaria, and she also wrote the screenplay based on a 2015 New York Magazine article by Jessica Pressler. Front hook. Ankle hook, knee hook. Come here, you can do the carousel. Just switch and wrap. I just want to take care of my grandma, maybe go shopping every once in a while. When I was a kid, I always wanted to work with animals. <laughs> I was close. These Wall Street guys. You see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. The game is rigged, and it does not reward people who play by the rules. It's like robbing a bank, except you get the keys. Are you in? I got a These are my coworkers. Jobs, please. What if somebody calls the cops? And says what? I spent $5,000 at a strip club, sent help. Damn. We're a family now. Damn, a family with money. Damn. And when would you say that things got out of control? So the guy went back three more times. Guess he must have liked it. I was born to flex. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like more than sex. But nothing in this world. I like more than sex. We didn't do anything wrong. You know, Tony wouldn't let this happen. I'm going to text him. Who gave her her phone back? Hustlers stars Constance Wu from Crazy Rich Asians and Fresh Off the Boat and Jennifer Lopez from Being Jennifer Lopez. It's a feminist revenge story. It's a story of love between work wives and it's about how sex work is real work. With me today is Amy Green. Hello. And Christina Barr. Hi. And I'm Jessica Baxter. Welcome to Paid and Puke. Ladies, what do we think about Hustlers? Hustlers for Move is like candy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love a like, ladies revenge story. <laughs> like, like put it in my veins. I also like a, like stuff that is in a strip club or like really celebrating the female form, kind of J-Lo being like 50 years old and being on the pole like that. I enjoy it on a different way from how a man would enjoy it, but I still very much enjoy like, yeah. watching that. You know, like when women on the pole, like it's like they're defying gravity. It's amazing. You know, it's beautiful. It's yeah. gymnastics, it's athleticism. I mean, it takes. I mean, she talks about the amount of core strength it takes to right. to do the tricks that she's pulling off. Uh, yeah, Jayla looks amazing, of course. And Constance Wu is 37, oh, so wow. she's no wow. spring chicken, but she, she looks it. Looks like a spring chicken, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Shayla was amazing. Like, I, I totally think she'll get a nomination out of this. From the moment she got introduced into the movie with the... 
Ramona entrance with the cr uh, criminal by Fiona Apple pole dance. She just like owned that and it was awesome. <laughs> I watched the a really whole... good feature about that scene, which they apparently shot like a stunt because Jayla said she knew the choreography, you know, inside and out, but she, she uh, does have limitations physically. So she said, I can't do this a hundred times. So they had a bunch of cameras set up and she said, I'm just going to go until I can't do it anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And she still ended up doing it a lot of times, but um, she kept asking how she could shorten it. Like, <laughs> did you get this part? Did you get this part? I'll do this part again. I can't even imagine I... doing what she did once, let alone right. numerous times. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that, uh, how many takes they do. Like, I've never been to that kind of strip club, like the only kind I've been to is the divey Portland kind. <laughs> you know, like, but in our, there was really where it's like there's really like a star like on the main stage, like announced like that and people just throwing money. Is that real at all or is that a movie version of strip clubs? Like, uh, does know? I don't really know because I've only really been to the boutique Portland strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Which are not, they're like strip clubs in fairytale land. It's a very empowering place where anything skeezy happens and the people get kicked out immediately. I mean, I'm sure there's, people could tell some tales, but there were certainly stars in Portland. There, I remember people saying, you have to go to this one place because there's this girl who does a snake dance, and then oh, there's okay. this girl who does something with fire. So there's Whoa. some people with gimmicks. She didn't really have a gimmick other than being just super amazing at the pole work. Yeah. I mean, I love that scene where she's sort of, after she's taking Constance Wu under her wing, and she's like, there's that scene where she's teaching her all the moves, and she's like... Front hook. Ankle hook. Yep. Knee hook. Hold on with that knee. Okay. From here, you can do the carousel. Put your head back. Come down. You can do Peter Pan. Hook. Just spin. Jesus Christ. Then <laughs> <laughs> you can go into a fairy sit. Oh. Stag. That's pretty. Reverse stag. That's pretty too. Scissor sit. Tabletop. I can't do that. You can do that. You're gonna do that. A climb. You don't have muscles to do that. You have muscles to do this. I don't have any. Every girl has muscles to do this. This one, this is a martini. I'm like, whoa, there's so many different ways to be on the pole. There are moves there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lots of moves. Choreography, basically. They're not just messing around. Yeah, you think of, like, I think what people who've never been to strippers or never really thought about think of, like, you know, girls just sort of, like, holding out the pole and humping it, basically. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I think maybe the place it was from the article was Scores in New York City, which yeah. I, I had heard of before, but I, I would guess like if it's like these like rich Wall Street guys going to it, that it's probably like a really like expensive place. Maybe like all of the dancers have more skills, I guess, yeah, than like just like the regular like strip club. I don't know. Yeah, I loved how uh, representational that strip club was. And again, mm -hmm. I don't know how realistic this is for that sort of place, for the, you know, the, the upscale Wall Street destination. But they had people of all shapes and sizes. Lizzo was in the house. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Lizzo yeah. Was <laughs> <backstage>. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can work that flute in anyway. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> this is something I'm very good at. Like, I'm just going to have it. I always time. imagine it's just like her mom was like, I paid for years of flute lessons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I taught you that flute. Right. <laughs> Still the same flute. <laughs> she had in band in high school. <laughs> There's a trans woman in the room. Trace was set for transparent, oh, but okay. Cardi B was there. I would imagine that places like that probably are pretty diverse, even if just because of men fetishizing different races. Mm -hmm. Like not even in like a woke way, like, oh yeah, we hire for right. diversity, but more like, I'm sure there are guys who go in there and like they want some Asian woman to dance for them. You know, mm -hmm. like how they showed right away, like some guy calls her Lucy Lou. My guess is there is a lot of representation, but not, from a good place. I mean, certainly, like when I've been in Vegas, I haven't been to strip clubs there, but I've been to places where showgirls were, and I've been to a showgirls show. They would have different races, but not different body types. Oh, Everyone okay. had almost the exact same body. Mm -hmm. That I guess I was mostly marveling at the fact that everybody had. There was such a wide variety of body types. That's something you would see in Portland also. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I loved it so much when we first went to Portland Surf Club. Any woman could walk in here and find a woman who looks just like them on that stage mm -hmm. and feel empowered by what they're doing. Right. I don't <laughs> know. Probably the opposite of Portland. Yeah. <laughs> like in, <laughs> like in Tampa, they have like a ton of strip clubs and like that's where like Magic Mike took place. I think that was because... Oh. Okay. The sex <laughs> capital of Florida, allegedly. <laughs> I don't know. But I remember seeing like when high school, we went for like a like some school event or something and we drove past like a strip club that was also like a a car wash at the same time and it was like what is, they're stripping in the car wash what is happening <laughs> there was this strip club like off of i-75 called cafe risque that i'm pretty sure they had like a lot of like underage kids i just remember like bad things about it yeah. <laughs> but anyway sorry that went in a really dark place because of, it was illegal, <laughs> and that's just always a risk, I guess. It's the way they present the guys. Most of the people that they were scamming did deserve it. Mm -hmm. they, I feel like that's how they were presenting it. They were people who literally stole from hardworking Americans, and now they were getting what was coming to them. The government did not build other punishments, but they were getting punishments in this way and benefiting these women as well, who'd been working hard for years and not getting any credit for it. There's so much shame around their, mm -hmm. their profession and so much stigma, even though it's something that men want, but then at the same time, they disrespect them for doing it. It's ridiculous. They were stripping, but they all had like these, like Ramona, Jennifer Lo Lopez, like she had like these long-term plans, like she's gonna be a designer. I thought that part with yeah. the denim swimwear was, yeah. it was just a funny moment. I mean, it is like a really quick way to get a lot of money if you wanna like change your 
situation. But then, like, they started, like, spending their money on, like, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And eventually, and then it's like, oh, man. That seems like a common folly. You make a lot of money, and then you say, well, I can treat myself a little bit, but then you run out yeah, of money, yeah, and yeah. you have to make more money, and you kind of never end up saving any money. Yeah, that drives me crazy in movies. When, like, I love a good montage of the money rolling. <laughs> yeah. I love it, but... It drives me crazy, especially that kind of thing where you know, like, things are going to go south. When there's so much money coming in, it's like, what's on the Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's sort of what no, I was like, thinking. Should, I'm like, don't spend it all. You should be life. If you're raking in money like that, make sure, you know, yeah. like, Or yeah. just talk to some of those Wall Street guys about mm-hmm. investing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, clearly they know how to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was kind of asking more, like, in general, is, like, working in a strip club or, be, you know, being a stripper or a dancer or whatever, like, is that... An empowering job or is it a demeaning mm. job? I guess it can be either one. Mm. You know, I think the most degrading thing that you see in that movie is when J-Lo is, like, working a minimum wage retail job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, having to, like, beg for, like, an out, getting out an hour early to go pick her kid up and being turned down, you know, like that. Yeah. I think so many people have this absolute rigid idea that, like, a woman working in a strip club, like, that's the lowest thing they can do. Which would you rather, if you could have either, you know, if you could be J-Lo on the stage dancing with a criminal and people throwing dollars at her, or be J-Lo in the uniform, like, asking... Folding sweaters and begging for, yeah, an hour, to leave an hour early. Oh, I know. Just seeing her folding sweaters at Old Navy, I was like, no, that's Ramona. Yeah, and then her boss treating her like shit for, like, wanting to take care of her kid, and then... Although, I don't know, maybe she wanted to cut out early to go to the club to make more money because it was like a Friday, was it? Oh, it was? Yeah. Yeah, It was just the way she mentioned it. It was something like, you know, my my daughter gets out an hour early for the rest of the school year. Oh, oh. That's totally a thing that happens. I feel for parents who have rigid work schedules all the time, every time the public school is like, oh yeah, we're just having the day off today. (laughs) (laughs) Every Wednesday. Oh, yeah. 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 Like that, and it does screw people a lot. And then, yeah, and he's like, Well, what are you gonna babysitter? Because then oh, he's yeah. working the extra hours, right. mood basically. I think they did a good job showing that people have this idea that the system works. If you work, that you know, people who want assistance or whatever, like, well, you're just not willing to work, you know, and that you can, yeah, you can work full time, you know, not even, I mean, in Seattle, like, not even minimum wage, like, you could work full time, double minimum wage, and still barely get yeah. to to live here you know when they do kind of go straight for that period where you know she's working retail it's so hard to support yourself and yeah they really did show how the system is rigged against you you know and you're a side of her playing by the rules and it really made you understand how how they turned to that constance Wu's character destiny well her stripper name is destiny i think her real name is i think it's dorothy dorothy yeah the framing device of the movie is that she's talking to the writer for the New York Magazine article. Mm-hmm. It seems like she's just kind of telling sob stories about what it was like to work in the strip club. And then she kind of says, well, I'm just trying to explain to you where my head was at the night that I met Rona again. And she pitched this hustle to me right before... She saw Ramona. She like been away for a while. She tried to get a job at a department store. Mm-hmm. And the interview went terribly because the 
Oh yeah, that was. Even though she said, "Well, I, I don't know if she really did or didn't sling beers at the strip club," but either way, she obviously had experience selling things. She couldn't really outline her experience because she she knew that she would be discriminated against for that. Right. But then she still didn't get the job anyway, and she ended up back at Scores, and uh, she found that almost everybody she knew was gone, and it was. A bunch of new women who were actually giving blowjobs for money. It's, it's like that was part of the deal. And she didn't want to do it, but then she kind of got pressured into it by this guy. He said he was putting out $100 bills, but it was really dark. And then when she finished, she found out that he was putting out 20s instead. So she got way undercut for something she didn't want to do anyway. And that's when she ran into Ramona. They did a really good job showing how it just seemed like the only thing for her to do at that point because mm-hmm. she had a daughter at home she had a grandmother who she was supporting also her character was so sad and all of it was based on this story of this woman in the article there was a lot of truth to it her parents had left her when she was little and she was raised by her grandma and then she had to support her grandma and then she hooked up with this guy and then he turned out to be bad news and then she was raising a little girl by herself she really was in desperate situation the way ramona presented it it seemed so easy and ramona was high rolling when she saw her so she said well, clearly this is working for you i really like how all of the female characters in the movie are pretty well fleshed out mm-hmm. i mean even ones that you don't see that much of like the, the two other ladies that they hook up with really kind of get to know them and their quirks. And then all the guys in the movie are one-dimensional right. <laughs> characters yeah. and monsters, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and to the point where even in the credits, they're listed as like creepy guy, right. cool, cool dude, <laughs> and then <laughs> Wall Street guy. guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like the guys are interchangeable, which is a nice Yeah. Refreshing change. <laughs> and I think every woman in that movie has a name, mm-hmm. even in the credits, which is nice. Oh, that is nice. Yes. Yeah. I also like how the movie portrays the women's bodies. The camera celebrates their bodies, but it also is close up on their faces most of the time. Mm-hmm. So you can't ever separate the two. You can't ever really gaze at their bodies without looking at their faces. I thought that was really... Uh, an empowering way to shoot it and also a very bold way to shoot it because you were just looking right in their faces all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I actually saw pores a couple times, <laughs> right. which I couldn't believe. Yeah, I feel like I'm really <laughs> skin. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching her as a fly girl on Living Color, <laughs> like all our music videos, and like she just, I can't believe she's 50. She's yeah. just, I mean, she hasn't aged at all. I read something like somebody was saying like it's her best movie since Out of Sight. I feel like that's her best movie ever. I mean, <laughs> I mean Out of so Sight was good, but... Out of Sight is the only other thing I've ever seen her in. So oh. Like, I mean, yeah. she's this awesome badass, you know? Yeah, yeah. The um, other movie... I mean, there are lots of rom-coms, like, but... Selena I mean, was well oh, yeah. reviewed. I mean, it's certainly not Geely or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I guess it's not... The, the, wed- uh, the wedding, the wedding, wedding planner, yeah. step mom <laughs> or something, or step mom with the Jane Fonda. That oh, monster movie. Oh, monster. <laughs> See, I don't even remember yeah. what it's called. I want her to get an Oscar nomination for that. I think that would be amazing. I'm sure she will. Yeah. I can already picture the scene and everything. I know. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, yeah. I love watching the Oscars anyway. 
but yeah. I would love to watch her yeah. at the Oscars this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And would she wear that dress again? Yeah. <laughs> I think she would, because she just wore it on the runway, her green oh, Oscar dress. Oh, I saw dress. that, the Versace yeah, dress. Yeah. I love that she kept that dress, first of all. You get so many dresses when you're J-Lo caliber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like 20 years ago. I remember when the South Park guys guy dressed yeah. as her too. I don't know. I just remember I that that was like parodied a lot. That's just yeah. like a pop culture moment when they she were, wore that yeah. dress yeah. to the Oscars. And then one of the, one of them was dressed as uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Oh. And her pink. pink yeah. Oscar oh right, right. That Oscar dress with Gwyneth Paltrow really bothered me. So <laughs> yeah. Um. I was really watching to see what she would wear because she had worn a lot of great dresses to all the award shows leading up to it. And then it was like so what and I feel like it fits so weird, you know, like it it was like <laughs> such a like prom dress kind of dress. It didn't fit well and also her hair was like in this really tight bun. Because <laughs> 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 I was hoping we to see what she would wear. I have very mixed feelings about her in general, but she is very lovely to look at and I would such a (laughs) especially also with the hair like it was the dress is like kind of low it just like it was a weird fit i was very disappointed right with uh when she was dating dating marilyn manson yeah and she was yeah, totally just wearing that. like a mesh sack. That was a good outfit. That was yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, she she had the body to pull it off. Right. <laughs> no one was gonna say she didn't look amazing in that. Uh, fun fact about the South Park guys: they were on mushrooms <laughs> when they were. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> they admitted that years later in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> I always loved them for that, though. I've always been a sucker for a guy in a dress. <laughs> Drag queen or otherwise. How much did you want to uh, climb into J-Lo's coat? Oh, very <laughs> oh I did. I just, Ten like, seeing yeah. her, like, on the roof smoking yeah. a cigarette with, the, I was just like, wow, she's, like, a total badass. Right. She knows it, you yeah. know? Like, she just owns that. She's leaning back in this elegant way on the rooftop. Like, she looks so comfortable on top of this freezing cold New York City roof with her cigarette. And there's yeah. a moment where they hold the camera holds on her before Constance Wu shows up, where I was just like, "Wow, that's an incredible shot." And then, yeah, so it was so cozy when she just like curls Constance Wu up in her big furry coat, and I like I loved their relationship in that movie. How intimate women's relationships can be, and it was not sexual at all. Even though there was a lot of like physical closeness between them. I assume that like guys watching that movie are like waiting for them to start making out. Yeah. <laughs> They're so physically close so much. They just had this very intimate relationship and you know a special friendship. And it just was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that scene where um, Destiny is talking to. The journalist and the journalist is like saying, "Oh yeah, I've talked with Ramona, and she said you were basically orphaned by your mom, and like kind of going into these like hard things that her character had experienced." I forget the line, but it was something like Ramona said you weren't 
you weren't only in it for the grift. It was kind of like wanting love or, or the friendship. Oh. She really had this sort of uh, maternal friendship. They really became a family and like that scene with yeah. all the strippers at Christmas time and like they're they're <laughs> all giving each other these awesome presents. Like, JLo's like, we're a family. We're a rich family. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's so happy. That yeah. was one of my favorite scenes because I love yeah. I love when there's a lot of money in a movie and then I love Christmas. Yeah. It's like it was Christmas and I rake in it yeah. and they spend so much money on each other and they, uh, how J Lo was bonding with the grandma that it's just like like mixing in the Frankie Valley music or like yeah. the older yeah. like it almost had like the Goodfellas vibe to it. In the traditional, but it's it's like men mobster guys usually yeah. it would be, but this is like the strippers in New York City, and they're having their moment, you know, making all this money. I thought that was really cool. The way that they just depicted 2007 and like the the aughts, because it wasn't really that long ago, but it, there were just like subtle things about it. She's opening the shoes, like Kiki Palmer's, like oh they have the red bottoms. The Sex in the City Louboutins or whatever. I think it's Louboutins with the red <laughs> bottoms. Yeah, that was a thing. I, I remember that. Just the music. But they, they did a great job with um, the music from 2007-ish. Like <laughs> yeah. Britney Spears, <laughs> Gimme More. Usher, I thought it was a great addition. When he had like the Love in This Club, that song. And Jennifer uh, Lopez is like what's your name you know like and he's like uh i'm usher yeah she owns that place there was some other great music too like control like they had a good bit of like janet jackson oh, like yeah. earlier janet jackson which i thought was awesome i thought control was a particularly good song like it just like fit yeah. the spirit of the story they're like owning their destiny yeah <laughs> and then her name's destiny i also loved like once they got busted and then uh Constance Wu tells her that she, you know, took the deal that the cops at how Jayla didn't even really get that mad at her. Yudala was really not what she wanted her to do. She could have been so mad because she kind of screws her over by doing that, and she's just kind of like, Jayla, she was like, yeah. she's more like, oh, you and your dumb thing that you just did. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's more like, oh, why did you do that? And I, I thought, yeah. I don't even picture she was going to be so angry and storm off, and then it was just like, Motherhood is mental. Yeah, that yeah. line. I thought that line was so good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... No, no, no. The first time I heard that line, I knew it was going to be called back later. <laughs> she sells out everybody because she has a daughter, and she makes a deal, and she knows that she has to. I mean, motherhood is guilt. That's just... The two things go hand in hand. I mean, I think she the cops convinced her that she had to, but, like, I mean, I don't think she really did. Jayla didn't get any jail time, and then it was, like, the other yeah. two... It was, like, they went to jail on weekends or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probation. Yeah. yeah, that sounded like uh, a... Yeah, right, they looked at probation, and I think the cops convinced her this was her only shot of not doing jail time, but, you know, who knows? If she really would have. That seems like a pretty common thing, certainly in movies and TV shows, but <laughs> probably also in real life, cops just over-exaggerating what, you know, what the consequences will be if you don't confess yeah. to something. Right. They're just trying to get you to confess by any means necessary. I mean, especially if someone has a kid, they'll use that. If someone has a partner, they'll use, you know, they'll yeah. use anything they can to leverage. So that was uh, one of the things that the real-life counterparts took issue with. Samantha Barbosh is the woman who uh, inspired J-Lo's character. Okay. 
and she is actually suing the production company for defamation of character <laughs> wow. because she thinks that J-Lo's portrayal is not accurate enough for her, which is interesting because she obviously comes across very justified in what she's doing. It's hard to imagine anyone taking issue with that performance or portrayal, but uh, somehow she doesn't like it. And then the other woman, Rosalind Keough, is the name of uh, the woman who Constance Wu is portraying. And uh, she didn't like that scene outside the police station because she thought that it would have come to blows if we'd really done that. She told Barbosh over the phone that she was taking the deal. Oh. And they never spoke again. It's just, oh. She's like, I liked that scene, but I thought it would have come to blows if it really had happened. Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh, wow. they were not as close. So that, oh, that was the other thing that Barbosh said, too, is that it wasn't accurate how close they portrayed the two women. But, I mean, obviously it helps serve the story to have these two women have a sort of work-wife relationship. It's artistic license and it's yeah. based on a true story. It's not a documentary. I mean, I guess it stands to reason that someone who would run a scam like this would also try to get money out of the Hollywood right. portrayal of her because she was pretty much cut out of it. I don't know if Keo got money from the movie, but certainly Barbosh did not. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder how much money, like, if she'll get anything out of that lawsuit <laughs> or, like... I don't know. I mean, the name's changed. It's not... Yeah. It's gonna, it seems like it'd be a hard one for her. <laughs> Especially since she didn't really even give very good reasons for why she didn't like the movie. <laughs> right. I mean, she's not, not like denying that it happened, right? Like, Correct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's kind of weird if like the part that's accurate is like, yes, I really did drug people unknowingly and steal mm-hmm. a bunch of money from them, but I don't like how you made me out of you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't really was true, friends <laughs> with the people I did it with. <laughs> I definitely got the feeling Constance Wu definitely wants to make more money and learn from J-Lo. She's willing to go in on the plan. She wants to keep it like no strangers, very like controlled. J-Lo ends up like taking it up a notch. Right. Like they brought in that girl that's like a druggie, like right. in and out, in and out of jail. That was a real it just, thing. Like, a different... Apparently, was just the. I mean, not that specific character. I think she was kind of representative of just a type of person that Barbosh was bringing into the mm-hmm. scams because that's how they got caught. Was that they just got reckless and yeah, um, tried to get faster payouts, hurrying it along and hiring and outsourcing too much and not really vetting the people that you're outsourcing to. And there really was a woman who sold them out. They had that failed sting operation. (laughs) But, you know, they were still able to get her afterwards and get her to confess. And that's how they caught everybody. The guy who does go to the cops, you know how like they're saying no one's gonna go to the cops. Oh, yeah. What am I gonna do? And they bleeped out his name. Was that really his actual was... name that they said in the movie, or was it just? Maybe it was. It could have been because there was one person who there were apparently there's always people calling the police like that. There's that, <laughs> scene, there's that scene where the cop is like eating pizza and he answers the phone and he, a guy says I was robbed at a strip club and he just hangs up immediately mm-hmm. because apparently that really does happen all the time where people are always trying to convince the police that they were robbed at a strip club and that's I mean that is what made the scam so perfect at first was the yeah who's gonna who's gonna report this and if they do report it who's gonna believe them right most of the time nobody but this one guy recorded a conversation where one of the women admitted to it and so when he called back and said I have proof 
don't hang up, I have proof. Then that's then they talked to that guy, and that's why they set up the sting. But then they were like, okay, well, there is something here. I guess we do need to follow up. <laughs> <laughs> that pizza slice looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> he was really enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic New York pizza. I know. I am one. I do buy the, you know, because I grew up in Jersey. I'm not kind of pizza that I. I am every one of the people that's like, yes, the pizza is better. <laughs> the big slice that you have to fold like that. Yeah. What's what they say? <laughs> I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick. If you know what I mean? Did you guys write down any lines that you liked? Any particular lines that stood out for you? When she told the story about how Stevie Wonder came in. Oh. <laughs> Back when Stevie Wonder came in. What the f Stevie Wonder come in the club for? <laughs> Casey had him in the champagne room. Swears to God he's in blood. Wow. <laughs> that I very much tickled me because I have learned recently that that is a popular conspiracy theory that Stevie <laughs> I have not heard of that. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Recently, there was like a Twitter thread of like, okay, people, what are conspiracy theories that you actually believe are possible? And that was an answer that a lot of people said. I had never heard that was a thing, but it is a thing. Wow. People believe that Stevie Wonder isn't really blind. And actually, the evidence is not very convincing. Oh but but that, that wasn't just an out of nowhere thing. That's so funny. I wonder yeah. if, the, if the director is a true believer of that, oh, or that in there, she, or what? Is she a Stevie Wonder truther? Yeah. <laughs> a truther. That's an interesting question. <laughs> Tell us Lorraine Scarfari. <laughs> yeah, also my uh, high school Italian teacher was Mr. Scafari. Oh, so yeah? Oh. Nice. Nice. I hope there's some, they're related somehow. I <laughs> <laughs> want to believe it. In the way that all Italian-Americans are related. <laughs> Cardi B, she had a really good line. It's the drain the clock, not the clock. <laughs> I thought that was there were a lot of little catchphrases yeah. that they used to uh, instruct other newbies. Yeah. Drain the clock, not the clock. Do you want them drunk enough to get their credit card? But sober enough to sign a check. I feel I should have written them down. There were a couple other ones that were really good. Little idioms that they came up with, workplace idioms. <laughs> they were really good at faking taking shots with all those guys, oh, yeah. too. They're constantly ordering drinks for the guys and then making it look like they've drank them themselves. And, and they just toss it out. Was it yeah. you that bug you that you think of someone having to clean it up? Was it you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know, and they just toss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm all for a, a montage, a, like partying and getting rich montage, but it drives me nuts in movies when people pour champagne onto their faces and onto the floor and <laughs> just put it in a glass. <laughs> I get that like money's no object now and that's probably very expensive champagne that you're spilling everywhere, but still somebody's got to clean it up and it's so sticky. <laughs> I, I already do that, but I especially learned that that one time I opened champagne in the kitchen. My husband opened the champagne because I'm good at opening bottles of champagne. My husband opened it. <laughs> that was a oh, was that New Year's? And literally, or, it was a magnum. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, the whole thing spewed yeah, out everywhere. So <laughs> and it was so sticky. I remember which ring that the new burger towel, which yeah. is <laughs> my dad. Because my dad 
dad is a Wall Street guy. And, oh. Uh, I think that's part of why he said mm. there were no heroes in this movie. Oh, <laughs> oh he saw it. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, uh, every year his firm like sends us some random gift with a Team Kaminsky logo on it or something. <laughs> and I sure Rich grabbed a towel, bath towel, a Team Kaminsky bath towel to clean up the champagne. <laughs> <laughs> scene of Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez in this small kitchen making the drugs. Yeah, like, no, it was yeah. just... They're, and, they're and, experimenting on how to make the best concoction of ketamine and MDMA. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Jennifer, a little science experiment. Yeah. She, <laughs> and JLo constantly has this cigarette hanging out of her mouth. I just found it really hilarious. They're that just like... That that Garbosh took issue with. Also, oh, she yeah. said I would never have cooked drugs or made experimented with drugs in a kitchen with my child in the apartment. Oh. Which wow. I was like, well, I don't know. We never saw the kids. Maybe they were not there at the time, but she was like, that's such bad parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you're been... putting heat to drugs on the stove, that's not... Yeah. Probably not a great idea. They did show, like, where they, like, sample one, and they just showed them, like, waking up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just took the tiniest little bit, and they're like, yep, yep. I feel like she's got to just take the L on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Too strong, obviously. <laughs> just a sprinkle. Yeah, that's another business catchphrase. Oh, so Just yeah. a sprinkle in their drink. Oh, yeah, they had a couple of scary moments. That really happened where the guy who hit his head in the pool. Oh. They did really have to take somebody to the emergency room. Wait, was it... What did the guy do? Did he, like, jump from a... He jumped off the roof. Okay, yeah. Onto his pool deck. But I think in real life, he just hit his head on the floor. I was like, how is that guy not dead? Yeah. He might have died. (laughs) (laughs) In the movie movie world, he might have died because he was not conscious when they got to the hospital. (laughs) That was kind of a fun little moment with Destiny being like, oh my god, my husband! And as soon as they pulled the gurney away, she was like, okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Later. Yeah, and then the part after that where she's taking her daughter to school, like, oh, and just like, I, I, I kept, I, I know, and I just kept thinking, there's blood all over your shirt. I know, she has you know. blood yeah. down. She's wearing her clothes from the night before. Yeah. It's obvious that it's clothes from the night before. And she's got a big blood stain on her crop top. And she's right. dropping her daughter off, and then all the parents are standing around and looking at her judgmentally and I'm sure they look at her judgmentally all the time anyway. Right. But you know she is not usually going to school with like the leather pants and yeah. the crop top. You know? This was yeah. an unusual circumstance right. and work went a little late because she had to take the guy to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. It was a very long scene of her going to get her daughter from the neighbor and then driving there and then walking her daughter in. Oh, it's hard to watch. Yeah. I'm so glad that she got out of there because I kept waiting for someone to like call the police or grab her, but instead they just stared at her judgmentally, which is still very hard to watch. They didn't want to engage, I guess. Do you ask about the bloodstains or do do not ask about the bloodstains? That felt true to me, that they would judge silently. Yes. (laughs) As parents do, would drop off so often. I really liked the line that Jayla says about her swimwear line, her denim swimwear line. You know, a lot of people are afraid to wear denim in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would not wear denim in the ocean. I like that her 
That's her Shark Tank pitch. Yeah. Like, people are afraid to do this. <laughs> I think she's like, it actually softens denim. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I just, I'm getting a rash just thinking about a denim swimsuit. Swimona. That was, that was the, the <laughs> company. Nice. Her line. Motherhood as a mental illness is a good line, even though it's very cinematic and probably didn't really happen. I really like that as a sort of catchphrase. I just like the way that when John told Destiny you could be a font because her handwriting is oh. so neat. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a really good line. <laughs> yeah. You could be a font. Yeah. <laughs> And then he bought her a computer because she's studying for school. She said, I have to write all my notes out because I don't have a computer. That it cuts to her typing on a computer in the dressing room. <laughs> I like the, in the end, I didn't write it down so I don't remember exactly, but it was uh, Ramona explaining, like she said, the the world is a strip club. Oh yeah, that's her, There's, that's her Oscar. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll show that like short for the, the yeah. nominations. Yeah, uh, says, see. This city, this whole country is a strip club. You've got people tossing their money and people doing the dance. That's her, that's for sure her Oscar clip. It just has to be. (laughs) Yeah, and it's... I could see that as she was saying it. I'm like, she probably knew it when she was delivering the line. Right. Yeah, that one she probably did as many times as they wanted her to do. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let's get this one just right. Yeah. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. Most of the guys were just random dudes that I'd never seen before, but one of the guys who was kind of one of the more egregious guys was Frank Whaley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought Amy would notice. Oh, yeah. You didn't know Frank Whaley. Yeah, yeah from uh, Career Opportunities. Oh, or, yeah. or is he in Swing Kids, too? Like That's like Kids. another movie I recognize him. Yeah, oh, right. Really right. Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. Pulp is he Fiction. in Swimming with Sharks? Yes, in Swimming with Sharks. Which and is maybe worth a rewatch because he tortures Kevin Spacey yeah. in it. So. <laughs> Eventually he tortures Kevin Spacey. That's so funny because we just saw King of Comedy last night. When I lived in Boston, it was so sad. There was a film festival in Boston. Going to Boston from Seattle where there's this awesome film festival. And then like the Boston Film Festival was like the saddest thing. It was like in a couple oh. screens. It's a movie theater in a mall. Not even one of like the cool movie theaters. Oh, it was yeah. just some like, like a Cineplex Odeon in a mall. The one movie that we saw at the Boston Film Festival was this movie that Frank Whaley, I think, wrote, definitely directed, and starred in that was basically a king of comedy. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> and it was really bad. I think it was called The Joe Show or Joe the King or something. <laughs> yeah. Joe was comedy. Yeah, Joe <laughs> comedy. But no, I didn't notice him. That's a bummer. Even though I was the guy that was chewing gum the whole time. Hmm. It doesn't stand out to me. But. I might have recognized him because he was in Luke Cage recently. Oh. And he was, oh. I, was like, I already was familiar with the old Frank Whaley face. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I've seen Frank Whaley since then. Since Pulp Fiction, yeah. Swimming with Sharks, and... Uh, His hair has changed. <laughs> yeah, and he was the guy that was so rich, he goes in through the back door of the strip club yeah, or something. Right. like. Yeah, that was him. And no phones are allowed. That guy must spend a shit ton of oh, money. Oh, okay, so I remember yeah. the yeah. scene you're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, not yeah. Really. Yeah, he was a high roller at the club before they started this scam, and then he was one of the guys that they called later, <laughs> and they drugged him. <laughs> and he was still smacking away on that gum. They were really uh, close up on his mouth. Wait, was he the guy that was like, let's go fuck in the bathroom, that guy? Like, there's Maybe. one guy in the booth with the girl who throws up all the time, mm-hmm. and he's like getting really aggressive and frisky, and he's like, let's real quick go fuck in the bathroom, and then her friends get here. Anyway, I, mean, I don't uh, remember. I don't remember that part for some reason, but... No. <laughs> I'm so disappointed that I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to 
watch it again. Right. Oh yeah, I would definitely go again. Oh, yeah. I'm down if you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then John Glazer is Jayla's boss. He doesn't give oh, a yeah, chance so to make a break. Jam. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, and then... Mark, I don't know his name. I know him as Jam. Yeah. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised to see Mercedes rule in that, yeah, too. Yeah. The house mother of the strip club. Yeah, which is apparently a real thing. There's really uh, a house mom in strip clubs who bring, brings in cookies and, uh, and takes care of the girls. Oh, my God. Holy yeah. dream job for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Oh man, I haven't oh. seen her since like the Fisher King. That was like oh, wow. 1992 or something. I remember she was on Frasier for a while. Yeah. Oh. And Married to the Mob is what sticks out for me. Yes, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen her in other stuff since then. I was having a hard time. Like, I know I know who this woman is and I wasn't placing her. Yeah, that's a good business plan for our Golden Girls phase. Yeah. Just to move to Portland and oh open a strip god. club and bake cookies for all of yes. <laughs> the Oh my god. Let's yeah. put that that would be, I like this plan. <laughs> also, we were working maybe like childcare of the dancers' kids or something. You know, I was <gasps> oh my god. Baby fever situations. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Calling me mom and I'm baking and there's a strip club. <laughs> that would be. I wonder if there are laws against having on site daycare in a strip club. <laughs> Or if Maybe you have like next door. Next door. Okay, yeah. yeah. Super close by. I have a little bus. Yeah. All right. I feel like we're coming together. <laughs> yeah. It's a great plan. Yeah. That's a great idea. We're doing this. Yeah. In 20 years. We're starting now and we'll take over the business from yeah. now. Yeah. 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 Sure. Actually, yeah. Maybe right. we should all do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be selfish with our ideas. Right. I want all <laughs> the strippers and right. taken care of in this way. So right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take over the reins. This is a really good idea. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. The lunchtime poll question is, what 2007 or earlier song would be your signature stripping anthem? <laughs> when you first asked that question, I was thinking modern. I was like, let me just pick which Ariana Grande song I want. We were going pre-2007. I think I would go with Tempted by Squeeze. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that. A banger. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I feel like the beat of it is, is a good kind of tempo. It was sort of similar in style to Criminal, which is J-Lo's song. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of sexy. Tempted by the fruit of another, you know, like <laughs> I said. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a real uh, yeah. What about you, um, Well, I really liked the Gimme More Britney song. But I love Toxic by Britney Spears. Oh, I think God. that would be great. Uh, yeah, that would be mine. It it's just a fun. You could be Britney and you could just oh, well, right. dance to Britney songs. Oh my god. When I, I was. I that would be hard to dance to, though. It's kind of fast. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I might. I could do like it. Oh, another one. So, like a slower one, but it's not like 2007, but it's it's the Love and Rocket song. It's like, I don't know where color your eyes are, but your hair. Oh, it's Alive. Oh, okay. That's kind of a cool, like, slow song. Yeah. That would be mine, <laughs> I think. What's Baxter's banger? My banger is Gentlemen by the Afghan Wigs. Ooh. You guys know the Afghan Wigs? I know that. I don't know the song, no. They're one of my favorite bands from the late 90s, early aughts. It's like a sexy, sort of dangerous sounding song. It's a little edgy without being too obscure or alienating. I mean, people might not know the song, but they would feel the sexiness of it. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I did try to orchestrate sort of a sexy mood, I would put on the Afghan Wigs. Oh. That album, which is called Gentlemen or Black Love, is their other really sexy from start to finish record. 
but it just always felt too contrived to have music on and too much pressure, but... <laughs> and then I would find myself like listening to the lyrics and wanting to sing along. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to be quiet because your song's yeah. done. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's take a take a quick break here. And I gotta sing this. But yeah, I love I love that song and uh, yeah, Greg Dulé's voice was hot. Shut up. Hot probs is on. Oh shit! Yeah. Is, are there any hot probs with this movie? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, they were just trying to make a living. Nothing really stuck out for me in that way. It could be more than just the movie itself. It could be story elements you didn't like. It could be performances you didn't like. It could be anything you didn't like. Anything that rubbed you the wrong way in any way. I feel like there was maybe a scene kind of backstage with all of them that didn't feel that true. Like the way they were kind of joking about it. I, there was one scene that I was like, this feels much more like how people talk in movies than how they would talk in real life, mm -hmm. but and that's all that's that's really coming to me. How about you? Besides cleaning up yeah. the champagne. <laughs> <laughs> the champagne is definitely a problem for me. I, I was at first kind of a little bit weirded out by just the way that Dorothy in the interview scenes was sort of being like really needy. And when, she, when uh, the interviewer, who's played by Julia Stiles, says, I talked to Ramona, she says, what, oh, what did she say about me? And she's, like, really desperate to know what she said about her. And then um, the interviewer asks her a question about, do you remember what the question is that she asked her? She just stands up and turns the uh, recorder off. Oh, right. And kicks her out of her house. Was that when she was like, can we go back to the drugging? And she's like, why are you so hung up on, on that? Was it, if it wasn't that, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, so that's the thing is that I don't remember. At the time, I remember thinking that that was a weird moment for her to get really upset. I did like the, the, the way they shot the, the idea of her turning the recorder off and then the sound drops out of the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the story we've heard up until that point is all just going to the recorder. I like that just sort of little movie trick that they did. Then they show Julia Stiles leaving and looking kind of confused. And then they show her like arriving at home. And then she like puts her keys down and she kind of like sits down on the couch. And I'm just like, this is really weird. And then her phone rings and then it's Dorothy. And she just like continues the, sa the sentence oh, she yeah. was saying before she turned the recorder off. At the time I was watching, when I was watching the movie, I was like, that was kind of a weird narrative choice. And I don't know if I'm on board with this. It just seems kind of unnecessary and yeah. almost comically long and the way that they followed her all the way home and had her like kind of put her stuff down but then when i read the article itself the things she says are kind of weird in that way she does kind of contradict herself and she does seem like certain things set her off that are unexpected i don't know if they were trying to capture her just sort of volatility mm -hmm. uh so i kind of after i read the article then i didn't dislike that part as much okay. but when i was watching the movie i was a little off put by it just in terms of a storytelling device, I didn't really understand what the what they were trying to illustrate. Yeah, I guess we were also I was I was puzzled by bleeping out the guy's name like that was that was yeah. so jarring. Why not just yeah. change the name since they changed everybody else's name? Right. Yeah. It, that really like kind of took me out of the movie. Which part? Where do they bleep? When they get to talking about the guy who actually did call the police and follow through, oh. like they say Doug and. Like, they said his name, but then it was bleeped out, which oh, yeah. was just such a strange yeah, that was thing to do. Odd. I mean, I'm sure she had a reason for doing it that way. I don't know what 
But it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that clear. Yeah. It should be clear to the viewer why they're being made. Like you said, it takes you out of the movie. Yeah, it was almost like breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, I'm not against in a movie, but it was, uh, it was just puzzling to me. It seemed like it, the crime ended up becoming like the routine of what them having the one one girl get the credit card and a, a pin or something. Mm-hmm. Then they call the credit card company to use the card, and they're like, "What's my limit? Oh, fifty thousand. Okay, let's use okay. all the fifty thousand. <laughs> Is it really that easy? I don't uh, know. Yeah, that's like because it would have a man's name on it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, how are yeah. they getting around? Well, there's that scene where like they're like. What's your what's your mother's maiden maiden yeah, name yeah. or whatever to the guy who's like drugged out and that was like real. That like, really did do that. Wow, kind of just pump them for information like that. Yeah, like what's your what's your first <laughs> name? What's like all those security questions? They would do just little scams like that here and there, and it was just later on when they decided to start maxing out the cards that they, they got caught. At first, they were smart about just kind of like picking yeah. a little bit of money here and there and. Nobody would miss it, or if they did miss it, as they said, they wouldn't report it because of what they were doing at the time. I've had to like try to help my mom with things like using her account over the phone so many times, and they were like, "What's what's the birth date?" And I'm like, "Uh, 1947." (laughs) That would be so hard for them to get like a fifty thousand dollars over the phone. When Rich like will go to Portland and he gets a call for like suspicious activity on your car. That is like so a, not suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there was a straight period of time where it was like anytime he traveled 40 miles outside of the blue list, it was like, decline, suspicious activity. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I would think the credit card company would be called and be like, you haven't been to Portland in a while. Right. <laughs> Did you have a falling out with a friend there? <laughs> Should we do Kent's two cents? So he I saw mean, it? And he, he did, yeah. yeah. He, made, he sees pretty much everything. Oh, nice. Um, I am pretty certain that he has never been to a strip club. <laughs> 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 so I don't know, but... Uh, and you didn't he, feel like you should ask? <laughs> I would ask, I just didn't think to, you know. We didn't really talk about it other than because I texted him to ask what he remembered about Heather's because... We did see Heather's together like 30 years ago. Oh. <laughs> um, he didn't remember seeing it, and then he just said, but if you're looking for a movie that has no heroes, go see Hustlers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will go see Hustlers. Yeah. I'm sure I will think that there are heroes in that movie, which I did. But that, that's all I said. I, I do, I feel like I should follow up with him, especially because he, what, you know, he is a Wall Street guy, but he's, he never defends the Wall Street guys in movies. A little bit the one guy in the big short, the guy that Steve Carell played. He did have sympathy for that character. <laughs> there was a hero in that one. I want to see that. <laughs> I don't have a hero, but I mean, I remember because I thought the movie was too sympathetic to that specific character. I think he knew personally the guy it was based on. Oh, wow. <laughs> That speech that Ramona has about, like, these guys didn't go to jail. You see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. Not one. Is that fair? You ever think about when they come into the club? That's stolen money. That's what's paying for their blowjobs. The firefighters' retirement fund.
And they, you know, they screwed everyone over and it's like, they end up getting in trouble. They committed a crime and yeah, they drug. Yeah, but it's like, uh, I mean, obviously it, the old, like, I, mean, I don't know I what I'm trying to say, I but like. How it feels about that whole crisis is that there is like a handful of people, like three or four people that the whole thing rests on, you know, that it's really the actions of a few specific people. And I also remember years before it happened, him saying that this is what was going to happen, you know, that like, what's going to, you know, the subprime mortgages, there's more and more people who are going to get in over their head getting mortgages that they're really not qualified for and what's going to happen is all going to fall apart and the government is going to have to bail them out. You know, I think he has sympathy for the people who, you know, for like all the traders and stockbrokers and the, there's a handful of like the big high, you know, behind the scenes that he's like, you know, this is all on their, on their hands. It's <laughs> interesting how many people say they saw that coming and didn't do anything about it or I guess they couldn't, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. know what he could have done, like, yeah, to be yeah. like, okay, let's stop approving mortgages, yeah. you know, I mean, he, you know. And I think, yeah. I guess that's why he sees it that way. There weren't many people who had the power to say, you know, this needs to stop because it's not sustainable. That's <laughs> indicative of a lot of crimes, long-term scams like that. Right. Like, yeah, it's I not, mean, it's, it's never sustainable. It was essentially it's a pyramid fall. scheme, yeah. You know? yeah. And so I think people involved in pyramid schemes know that it's not sustainable and that it is eventually going to fall apart. Yeah, and they just milk it for all it's worth for as long as they can. Right. <laughs> just need to have a backup scam when that falls yeah. Oh, another thing that Keo, the woman that Destiny is based on, didn't like about the movie was that she thought that uh, Ramona got all the best lines. Oh. Oh. And she said that the the comparison to Shaq and Kobe okay. was actually her line. <laughs> she oh. said, I was the one that said we were Shaq and Kobe. She didn't like that Ramona was wittier and stronger than her oh. character. Oh. She thought that her character was too timid and not representational of her strength and, and wit. Also, she has a book coming out. Oh, right now. oh. <laughs> yeah. The Sophisticated Hustler is the name of the book, and it apparently has a lot more juicy details. Oh. So that might be an interesting read. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Two reads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's out yet, but it's coming out soon if it hasn't already. Good timing. I'm sure that she meant to tie it in with yeah. the movie. Yeah. Is that it for Hustlers? I think so. Sure. All, All right. right. Some Thai food. Thank you. That can be awkward. What do you guys want for Thai food? Right. Okay. <laughs> Lunchtime bowl. Right? You know yeah. Yeah. Tell us what your Thai food order is. <laughs> On the next episode of Paid and Puke, we talk about F. Gary Gray's 1996 crime action heist film, Set It Off, starring Queen Latifah, Vivica A. Fox, Jada Pinkett, and Kimberly Elise. Guess what? It's still relevant. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, or join us on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.